Hey guys, Trapper here. And Emily. Thanks for listening to another episode of Traps Lodge. If you like it, leave us a review. Hey everybody, we're back here at Traps Lodge. I've got a good friend of mine, Russell Sims. He's uh, been hunting with me before, and he's got a lot of uh, experience. In the last, what, probably 10 years, you've been hunting quite a bit. And mm-hmm. He's been to Africa a couple of times. Um, it's been to Wyoming with me once, and... Um, Got a pronghorn antelope up there. That was a fun hunt. We can tell that story. And he's killed some monster whitetail with me and some great axes and a great black buck. So anyway, Russell, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, so my name is Russell Sims, and I've uh, probably been hunting with Trapper now three or four years. Yeah, um, four years. Yeah, about four years. Um, and I was looking for an axis hunt. And so a friend of mine turned me on to him. I called him up. He had just started on this ranch out there, and I went out there to check him out. We met, and he put me on my very first uh, Axis Trophy. Perfect. And I remember when I met you, you said that your wife had been hunting quite a bit and that you wanted to try to catch up catch up <laughs> to her. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, uh, I've been on deer leases in Lano and, right. you know, uh, small white-tailed deer and never really did any kind of trophy hunting whatsoever. And uh, my wife got all the wall hangers. And so, it, you know, at the time, I'm like, you know what? I'm done with that. We're, <laughs> I need to get some trophies for myself. Well, you surely did. Yeah. Um, I remember the, the axis that we got. I think you even got a bigger one a couple, uh, last year. And I remember the whitetail. Uh, you, you told me you didn't really know a lot about whitetail or how to judge them. And all the score thing was confusing in your head. And you kind of had a budget in mind. And then um, when we found the buck that – you like the most you're just like i'm sold that's that's it's not about anything well, but you saw the look and and price was right and and we passed him up and you're like whoa, whoa, whoa let's turn around we gotta look at that one again well well the price was a lot more than i ever intended to spend right yeah <laughs> but for that particular deer uh it wasn't going to be about money it was about the opportunity to kill yeah. a trophy deer of a lifetime and so that's what i did uh, and that deer scored 230. Wow. That's a, and he was really typical looking, if I remember. He very, beautiful. very beautiful deer. And then I yeah. think the next year you killed, was, you, you, you went a totally different route because you said, well, I got this huge typical. And you went and you, you, we found you came, I think, black buck hunting or something. And we'd seen that deer in velvet. I can't remember. Yeah. Somehow, and you s- spotted that deer in velvet. And you're like, I, I like that deer. I want I want that deer. Well, it came opening open weekend. Well, that was the third deer. The, oh, okay. That was yeah. the third one. Um, the second, oh, that's right. It was a big, heavy, wide. Deer. He was, he was a wide, very wide, not near as tall as the first one. Right. But a very wide, uh, nice deer scored 206. Wow. Wow. You're um, all over the 200 mark. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's right. Cause then you came back the third season and you said, I really want something different. And yeah. you went with that f- funky, ugly, crazy looking thing, big drop. Well, time and- yeah. And that deer right there is scored 252. Yeah, he fooled everybody because, every, I mean, I ask all the guides. I'm like, what's he going to score? Everybody's like, oh, he's over 200. I'm like, well, is he like 205? Is he 210? And all of a sudden he goes 250, and everybody, oh, my God, he's giant. You know? Yeah. So I've had the opportunity to now uh, kill three well over 200-class deer. And so my white-tailed deers are, are, kinda, days are probably behind me. Yeah, you got that so. stocked up for sure. <laughs> so – um you got some big axes. You got a giant black or nice black buck. Some giant white tails for sure. Um, tell me about your Africa stuff. You've been been a couple of times. Well, I've actually been three times. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to be going a fourth. As a matter of fact, at the end of October awesome. this year. Perfect. 
the first time was in 2015, mm-hmm. um, which was the first big game, big game hunting I've ever done on that that level. The uh, that was a basically a plains game hunt. My wife and I went and right. uh, we did all your typical plains game stuff. Yeah, it's usually everybody's first trip is plains game type yeah. stuff. And then the second time we went back in 2017, uh, hunted at Cape Buffalo. Wow, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me that story. And uh, my wife got a beautiful sable, mm-hmm. and I guess I also got a big trophy roan, big roan. Um, then the third time was in 2019. Uh, I killed a massive bull hippo. Yeah, I've never seen those pictures. And you just showed me your Russell just dropped his, his gear off with me to take to Wyoming with me. And he's got a beautiful rifle case made from that hippo hide. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And uh, and a thirteen foot crocodile. Wow, that's and, a big croc. Yep. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I've got um, skin at the at a boot maker right now. I'm going to have a pair of uh, yeah, crocodile skin boots made. That'll be fancy going to the San Antonio rodeo this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us, like, your first experience in Africa, like, not knowing exactly everything that's going to happen. What, and then when you get there, and then when you got home, it makes you realize how lucky you are to live in the U.S. For one. I tell a lot of people that, and then then it's just, just a totally different hunting experience, the safari style, and the amount of different species and the amount of like big herds. It's 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 totally different. Everybody says I'm going to go to Africa once. I tell them you're you're going to go back if you go once. Yeah. you're going to go back. Well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I mean, as soon as I got to Africa I mean, and got under those stars, saw the Southern mm-hmm. Cross. Mm-hmm. You know they, the, how the song goes. You know, you yeah. went that way for a reason. And you hear the the bird life and the, the and pictures just don't do it justice. It really doesn't. You, right. All the sights and smells and all your senses are heightened, and it's a really special place. It's very special in my heart. Oh, absolutely. And I've hunted. I've had the opportunity to hunt in three different areas of South Africa. Right. Uh, Limpopo River Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, the Northern Cape, mm-hmm. and also outside of Kruger National Park. Yeah, it's very di- di- diverse there. You know, it's like mm-hmm. Texas. We've they've got the Free State, which is like just basically flat and a lot of farmland. You go up there in that bushveld country, and then you know you can go to the western side. And it gets to be desert when you get close to Namibia. So it's very diverse the terrain and, and the vegetation, all those different regions you've hunted. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about um, your Wyoming hunt with me. So two years ago, it'll be 2019. Right. You and I went to Wyoming, my first time to ever hunt in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Um, drew a um, antelope tag. Pronghorn antelope, yeah. And um, so we went out and drove and drove and drove, looked at a lot of antelope mm-hmm. until <laughs> you finally decided that one that you liked good enough that right. we were going to hunt. Yeah. And uh, all, I mean, all there is there is freaking prairie oil rigs and wind right there was a lot, weed. a lot of wind yeah. yeah 30 mile an hour blowing wind and uh so we finally got on an antelope that you liked that, that had good cutters and you felt like it was mm-hmm. a good trophy animal and uh we snuck up on him somehow and uh, caught him coming through a ravine yeah i came out of that ravine i remember and we uh we got set up for the shot and i remember the crosswind we had was was about, pretty bad yeah 20 30 yeah, mile an hour at was, least and i was telling you to hold whichever direction i can't remember and you made a hell of a long shot on him i think it was the, 372 yards it was like the furthest shot to that at that point that you had killed an animal at. well that's still the furthest an- right. shot i've ever taken right. 372 yards that was, a, that was a great great calculated shot one shot antelope went down and it was cel- celebratory after that yeah but I mean, literally over the top of the Jeep, um, you know, Trapper's, he's, I mean, I've got the rifle over the top of the Jeep. Trapper's got, you know, he's 
um, he's, you know, looking at it through the scope and figuring out how far it is and telling me, okay, you know, mate, lead him this far in the wind. And I probably let him a good 12 to 15 inches mm-hmm. in front of him yeah. and still hit him in the, in the flank. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but hard enough to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what questions you got about our upcoming? So Russell's got a, he got lucky. I don't know how many years it take you to draw an elk tag, but he drew an elk and a mule deer in the same year this year. So he's super lucky and I'm excited for him. And they've changed the season now where elk rifle opens the same day that mule deer season opens on the October 1st. So we're going to be able to hunt both at the same, same time you're there, which is awesome. Cause usually that rifle season used to open, um, the 15th of October. So we would have had to schedule your dates a little bit different, but anyway, so uh, how many years did it take to get those drawn? Well, I guess, well, probably four, three, three yeah. or four. Yeah. Cause four I guess years. when you put in for your antelope, you started putting in for elk and mule deer. So he right. had to stack up his points and get, and get drawn for those. Yeah, so it probably took me four years, and yeah, so I was lucky enough to draw mm-hmm. both of them this year. Yeah, and, and we had your wife put in for antelope, and unfortunately, she didn't get a, get a tag, but she's coming to to support you anyway. Absolutely, she's in for the prairie dogs. There you go. Well, she she'll she's a good shot. I remember that that chocolate fallow she got it was a pretty pretty awesome fallow too. So, what questions you got for us about elk and mule deer up there? Well, uh, and people ask me all the time because I tell them what, what I'm about to do, and they're like, well, are you going to go sit in the stand? You know, they're, they relate it to, you know, South Texas, you know, right. uh, sitting in the stand over a corn feeder. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the way it's going to be. No, no, we won't, it won't be that easy. Yeah. So, I mean, is it going to be a lot of driving and spotting? So I think what my, my plan in my head is um, because we've got five days to hunt, I want to hunt mule deer in the morning, kind of like we hunted antelope, but in a little bit more timber, not quite as many. Um, it'll be rolling, but not uh, with a little bit of scattered timber. And I want to drive and spot and stalk, you know, the mule deer first thing in the morning. So they're usually pretty active. And it's been really dry up there. So I want to sit on some waters in the evenings for at least the first two evenings and see um, my buddy John up there. He's, he's probably got a good idea what water they're coming to. Um, and he said, I just talked to him yesterday, said he's seen a hell of a good bull coming, um, coming down the hill. Elk? Mm-hmm, good elk bull. So, and I know that when we first met, we had talked about elk hunting, and so I know it's it's been a, a goal of yours, and you were like, I don't want to kill an elk or hunt an elk in Texas in, in, in a high fence. I want to do a, a you know, free-range mountain elk hunt, and, and you've waited a while to, to get set up to do it, so I'm going to do my best job to, to make that opportunity come true for you. And um the mule deer is just a lot of looking you know covering a lot of country with your glasses and just you know you can turn the corner and they'll be at 100 yards and then you know how it is you can go a little further and they may be a mile and you just got to figure out how to get to them well the thing about it is i mean the last time we were there um hunting antelope uh we saw some nice mule deer but they're out of the wind so i mean i've got an idea that we're going to find the mule deer yeah, where, of, where, where the wind is not yeah they like to get out of the wind on that other side of the hill and you know yeah. and if, it, if it's hot they like to get in the shade and lay up too so but we probably won't walk too much after the elk just because that pine ridge isn't real wide and it, you can easily push them out of there if we've got to walk over a hill or two that's not a big deal um for walking and stalking but we're probably going to do a little bit of sitting at the, at the water holes and we may have to relocate here or there sit, sit at a vantage point where we can watch maybe multiple and then make a stalk down to a water hole if we see a group coming coming in um it'll be the tail end of the rut so those bulls will still be talking a little bit so i'll bring my cow calls and my bugle just in case 
I need to coax the bull in a little bit closer. You know, I'm hoping a 250, 300 yard shot is what we're hoping for and see if we can make that happen. The mule deer, just a lot of, you know, a lot of driving and looking. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, what's going to be our cover? I mean, we're going to be. We're getting some, there's a little bit, there's some pine trees up there. I don't know if you saw that into the ranch, but there's a pretty good pine ridge there. So we'll have to get the wind right and get up in some pine trees or get, you know, get behind some, some big sage and get a couple hundred yards off that water. Because elk, elk have to water every day, literally have to water every day. So usually they'll come down, you know, that last hour and a half of daylight to that water. So we'll get in there a few hours before um, and just let our scent kind of get away, blow away, and, and we'll be bored for a minute, you know, we'll probably take a nap. And then that last hour and a half of daylight is going to be the, the best opportunity. Hmm. Okay. And of course, it may not happen at all that way. We may be in a pickup driving, hunting mule deer, and pop out an elk bull, and they're in totally different you know scenario right um so i mean do you i mean so it's gonna be safari style like off sticks or just whatever i mean how do you foresee the shot taking place yeah we'll have uh, my shooting sticks there i'll have my pack there for a rest um i'll bring a couple bipods we can throw in your gun too so okay yeah i'll well, have all that equipment with me all right so well that actually brings up another point because i was actually going to buy a bipod but you ha- you've got a couple of i've got so many different brands and links and sizes that i can attach one right to that rifle and um and we'll make it make it work okay so. perfect yeah because i was gonna uh, i was gonna get a bipod but if you gotta take yeah it here, I've, so. I've got you taken care of i'll bring the bipod box as i call it you know it's like just cool. a, it's like a toolbox full of bipods and pieces and parts but um i've tried so many different ones and a big problem is that, you know when you leave a bipod in a gun on a gun it's hard to get it out of the you know soft case it's just kind of always in the way or adds a little bit of weight so i've gone to some systems that's like a quick detached bipods and they make a little adapter i can screw on that that front uh sling uh, where your sling goes i can screw it right on there and, and set you up with that so we'll make right. sure we're we're prepared and ready for the opportunity so fantastic uh well i'm ready i mean i'm shooting a 300 wind mag yeah uh, you got a new rifle since the last time we we spoke yeah mm-hmm. and uh it's got a couple of turkeys on it. Perfect. You know, um, that's not a that's not a small target either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to shoot something. I had to shoot something. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, we got a couple of turkeys on it, but it's a I mean it's an awesome gun. It's got a great scope on it, um, and it's um, it's ready to go. So yeah, I just looked at it. It's got a great good little pull scope on it. I felt the trigger. It's got the new trigger tech trigger in it. So um, everything's good. Anything else you got for me? Um. So my wife's coming. Yeah. And uh, you and I uh, had a great gopher hunt the last time we were there. Right. So I'm going to have to keep my wife entertained on the off hours. Well, uh, I, I've got plenty of ammo, and I'll send her with that little 223. And, you know, I, get, I'm, I guarantee you when we're out uh, sitting there waiting for an elk, I bet John and, and Nikki will take her and, and show her some prairie dogs, you know. Well, either that or we get lucky and get our animals early. Yeah, and then, and then go shoot prairie dogs. Yeah, yeah go shoot prairie sure. dogs. Yeah, we can hope for the best. Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening to Trapper's Lodge and Russell here telling us his stories. And we look forward to bringing you all some more when we get back and see if my homework and my idea even plays out and maybe just off the cuff, kind of like usual, what happens with us, right? (laughs) So anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in and listening. And uh, Russell, thanks for visiting and thanks for bringing me your gear. And I'll get up there safe. And well, I'll see you in a few days. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. All right. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Traps Lodge. Leave us a review, send us an email. Until next time.